Welcome to God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Nate Rifkin. Nate is the author of the new book, The Standing Meditation. This is a great podcast episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. Check me out on Instagram, at NoorKidWai. I'm constantly posting the stuff on there. I hope you guys enjoy. And we're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records, so check them out too. Well, let's get into this week's episode, everybody. My guest this week, Nate Rifkin. All right, welcome to another episode of God, Yay, or Nay. I'm here with the author of The Standing Meditation, Nate Rifkin. Nate, thanks for joining me, man. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Ready to have some fun. Yeah, let's have some fun. Uh, actually, honestly, you you have like some of the a lot of the topics I love talking about on this uh, podcast. Uh, a lot about self transformation and uh, yeah, and self help. And like, I kind of want to get into that. And then we'll talk about meditation and like Eastern philosophy a little later. But uh, I don't know. Give my audience a little bit of your your background and uh, where you came from and what kind of brought you to writing this book, The Standing Meditation. Sure, sure. I'd love to. Um, I mean, my background is that I came from a family that was not, not loving, like parents that were just not equipped to raise children. So I grew up a really kind of angry kid, like a misfit. I was socially awkward. Um, and as I grew into like a teenager, all that kind of anger, just all that like, you know, like adolescent, like edginess started like like turning inward on itself and I became really depressed. Um, so I was your typical like depressed teenager, awkward. I even, I'm just very sorry. I even had horrible acne. So I was, I was just hideous on top of that. Okay. Did not help. Yeah. So uh, I, I did not make a lot of friends, didn't have a lot of good close relationships and could, well, could, could not get a date to save my life in school. Um, so I kind of thought to myself, well, if I go off to college, and move out, then I can change because no one will know me. I'll be like a new person. I don't have like histories with a lot of these people. So I got into uh, uh, UMass Amherst. I, was, I grew up in Massachusetts. And um, within like the first day of getting there, I was like, oh, I screwed up bad because um, I was still, even if I could like meet new people, I was still this awkward, like weird guy that just, I, I socially, really socially inept and um, I was depressed. And when you're depressed, you're not very charismatic unless you can kind of wield that into like joke about it or something like no, that. No, it's true. Yeah, very true. It's, it's hard to play. It's yeah. hard to like attract people into your circle yeah. when you're in that depressed state. Yeah, yeah, because you, you got like nothing to give. So, um, but I was like, the one kind of like hope I had is like, well, maybe you know, as I get older and, and grow up, I could be some kind of entrepreneur or business owner. I kind of like the idea of being um, a personal trainer or, or maybe a gym owner. Cause I was really into health, fitness and all that. And like, basically like lifting weights in the gym. It's the only time I was like really happy. So 
I start digging myself. Do I need a college degree to become that? And are people could be like, hey, hey, show show me your UMass diploma before I, you know, work with you. <laughs> I couldn't picture it. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was, and I was so miserable that it was affecting my grades. I mean, I wasn't really having fun in my classes anyway. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to wait four years. Um, I'm not going to just wait. So I dropped out. And I started just studying marketing and business and like writing advertising copy and how to like start products and how, how do you like use the internet as a vehicle to attract customers? And this is like 2005. So yeah, I mean, like uh, right at the beginning of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, like that was around the time I know it was around the time that Facebook was still a college kid thing. Mm-hmm. It was like this thing, Facebook. It's like, Ooh, it's spread from Harvard. I was, I was hearing about it. So this is when the internet was growing and you could still like, it, it was a lot less competitive than it is now. But um, the short version is like, I, I moved into a condo by myself, still a depressed, awkward kid. Um, and I, I started like one business I built was with my brother where he, he was super into yoga. And so he was kind of the, the teacher and the star and we made products and I handled the business side. So we had some hit or miss success and the misses start adding up. So this is where like, it gets pretty hairy. Cause I'm just like, I started spending all my personal credit to keep the business afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also still pretty, like, I wasn't learning the fundamentals of business and I was getting more and more kind of depressed about it. And I was into, so let's talk about self-help, right? I'm, I'm into goal setting. I'm into like positive thinking affirmations. I even had a vision board. I was like, it's like, ha, ha, hard, ha, ha. like yeah, like magazine cut, like I was making a yeah. ransom note or something. <laughs> yeah. I like, when I mean, people rarely came over, but when they did, I like took that thing down and I hit it. I yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how confident you are in your vision board. Eh? <laughs> it's terrible. It was, so like, yeah, look at things like, oh no, it's got to come down. So I mean, and I was, cause when I, when I left college or, or even before that, actually, I mean, I was into self-help. I'm like, cause it made sense. It's like, yeah, sure. We, we, we have the ability to decide our own fate and choose what we want. That's what I, that's what I believed. I, I still believe that. And then in our culture, it's like, if you're not on the traditional educational track, there is this, it's almost like a, it's huge, but there's like a subculture of self-help that calls to a certain type. And I was that mm-hmm. type. I'm the same type. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't think I ever achieved a single goal I wrote down. I mean, because I tried, you know, stretching myself to do it. Um, and I, my self-hatred just grew more and more because every time I something didn't work out, I blame myself or I just get really bitter and frustrated at the stuff I was learning. Mm-hmm. So I actually started drinking every morning, like alcohol. Like I'd pour myself a couple of inches of vodka into a glass and then I'd fill up more of it with like an energy drink. Um, and this was it like every morning kind of thing? This is every morning. Oh, wow. This is every morning. Um, or I mean, if depending on when I got out of bed, sometimes it was my morning was an after. So, I mean, I was, I was in a bad spot and I was even like, thinking about killing myself and it wasn't just the fact that my business is going down the tubes I was still that same lonely kid except now I was in my early 20s um 
so that was kind of my emotional, spiritual, like bottom right there. Um, things, nothing, but I, uh, I managed to fall into some good fortune. So the good fortune was I, one, one person that I was learning like business and marketing from, I'd like, he, he put on like seminars and stuff like quarterly and I'd go to him. He was also a devotee to like a spiritual tradition called Taoism. And I, I knew nothing about it. Uh, the, the way I like to say it is like, if you see Star Wars, the character Yoda, that dude was a Taoist, that little guy. Whoever, whoever helped like George Lucas write that screenplay when they wrote the character Yoda, like living out in the woods, very humble, but very wise and kind of in harmony with nature. He was like a Taoist. Mm. I didn't know this at the time, but this, this guy's learning from, he would start teaching like meditation. Um, and it came from that a spiritual tradition. And he'd, he'd talk about it, be like, you know, I actually did a lot of meditating when I was um, kind of building up my business and it helped me you know, come from a really centered, energized place. And um, it's super cool because these Taoists, like they used to meditate in mountains and in caves and they'd become enlightened and like harness energy and all this. So I was like, cool, I want to try that. It's It sounds like a secret. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the thing for me personally, like when I was in my worst moments of depression, I still had, a, I was still arrogant. I still had a big ego. So I, would, I wouldn't listen to a lot of like foundational common sense stuff, but if someone kind of seduced me with like, oh, the secret knowledge, it'll really make you this amazing, charismatic, cool guy. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thought. Like I've noticed the same thing and I've noticed with a lot of my friends too, like sometimes when we're at our lowest moments, you just don't listen to stuff that's really yeah. obvious. Yeah, and you're right. Like something like that's kind of out there. Like, hey, this is a secret to everything, and like you're just like it's as you're you're very like you can get seduced into those kind of things really simply, right? Yeah, exactly. It's 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 funny. It's kind of I mean the opposite of that or kind of related reminds me of like you know how uh, Jesus could not be the 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 was was the phrase could not be a prophet in his own hometown because he was someone that people are familiar with. So they, they, he wasn't cool enough for them. Mm. I don't know. I just, I just kind of thought of that now maybe it's related. So, um, but fortunately some of the stuff he had to teach this guy was uh, legit. And so I started doing like a simple meditation practice and I started with like a minute, like 60 seconds. And I, I'd like get up, I whatever, brush my teeth, shower. I do this practice and I'd still go drink. I mean, I didn't stop. <laughs> I still, still love my vodka. Uh, but here's the thing. I started to feel better. Um, like I just, I just felt better. Like the looping negative thoughts that just like, I'd, I'd be immobilized just like with these like negative thoughts. They started to like just quiet down. And I wasn't trying to, force them quiet, they just started quieting down. And it was, I was like, okay, that's, that's really cool. This is really interesting. So I'm like, well, I'll, I'll keep going. I, I, I like added five seconds per day. The important thing is I, I just did it every day. I just added a little bit here and there. And a funny thing happened. I was like, I was feeling so good. And then I go drink my vodka and I'd feel even better. But as time went on, it's not like the vodka made me feel that much better. It started getting like less and less of a difference. And one day I, I took a drink 
And I felt the same, but just more drunk. Mm. I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder what's going to happen next. Is this like trend going to continue? Like it was either the next day or the day after I, I did a meditation. Maybe at this point I was up to like five minutes or seven, something like that. And then I took a drink and I actually felt a little bit worse. So I actually stopped my morning vodka drinking cold turkey. And it wasn't, I never touched the bottle again. It stayed, it was still in my freezer. I just didn't touch it until I moved out of the condo. I drained down the drain, but it was interesting because I'm like, it's not willpower. Like I've spent the last several years just trying to duke it out with my willpower, trying to get my life together. This was just like something had changed inside and I just didn't, didn't really feel the urge to drink the alcohol. So other people started commenting that it's like, oh, man, you know, something's kind of different about you when I ran into them, like not a few people, but it was, it was enough for me because I'm still like, I had my rational, logical mind. I don't have a very spiritual background at this point. So I'm just like, whatever's happening, this is legit. Like it's having an effect on how people see me and it's having an effect on how I feel. So I was like, all right, I got to keep going with this. Um, and so at this point, like my, I, I had already hit my sort of inner spiritual rock bottom and I was on my way back up, but I had, I had kind of like, I, I had some bigger, like more practical challenges to come, but, but, but that's kind of like, that's, that's sort of like the background of where this all started for me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then you kind of like, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. And then you get actually like go down the spiritual path a little bit because you've actually had like a little bit of success. You've had a little bit of transformation where you're just like, you know, when, once you see that, and I, I felt it myself when, when I went through meditation, once I've had that, uh, for me, it was like, once I started to actually become more present in life, and I think, uh, I, I think even like just seeing YouTube videos of like Eckhart Tolle explaining mm-hmm. presence to me. And that was after I was meditating for like five, six years. And then all of a sudden, like, I was like, oh, wait, I can do this outside my meditation practice. But like, once you feel that little bit of transformation, yeah. it becomes kind of like addictive to kind of even yeah. start uh, pursuing that. Then you kind of go like, oh, this does work. This does actually have some benefits. And uh, okay, so I, I do want to kind of get into uh, a lot about meditation, because I know your books uh, a lot about that as well. Uh, before we do that, I, one thing I am interested in, it seemed like you were like a self help nut, like, and like, <laughs> uh, not sorry yeah. to say it like that. Yeah. But it was Absolutely. me too. And um, I went through years of reading self help books constantly, and uh, not really seeing a lot of results from it and uh also sometimes leading to like depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety and uh just how you said just kind of sitting there immobilized just being like completely overwhelmed why did you ever question these things like why do you think uh, a lot of people end up down this path um yeah i i have very similar experiences and i did a lot of questioning of it and i've continued to sort of question it and because I've got more distance now, like in terms of where I'm at now. And I know it's still a big deal that people are caught up in. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually constantly 
questioning, like, what is the mechanism? What's what's the dynamic? What's going on? So I, I got really caught up in it because um, it's 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 very seductive in terms of it, it takes you from a place of like, oh, I have control over my life to you can have anything you want. Now, some people might temper is like, you can have anything you want within reason or even like this, this law of attraction thing where it's like just thinking about it, you can have what you want. And it sucks you into this circle of, it's a combination of like, you feel empowered because it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I could just, I could do this process I could, that I've learned about and I can get what I want. And then it's on the other side of the circle is now I have a whole new set of standards for how I could be screwing up. Like maybe a uh, uh, um, uh, thought of mine is actually repelling what I want, or maybe like I'm not doing this special, maybe I'm, I'm self-sabotaging in this way, or I'm not succeeding like these other people had. So it almost piles on this extra layer of baseline anxiety. Mm. And then you start thinking about this extra anxiety you have and you start blaming yourself even more. So it, it, it turns into this negative spiral. And then of course the industry like will sell you an answer to getting out of that spiral. So, I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, this is how people get caught into it because there's always like a, a lot of these gurus will have like something where it's like, okay, well, if you, if you take my advanced, more exclusive coaching, I can help you with that. But there's, there's no pot of gold at the end of their rainbow. It's there. It's just a business model for them. So, um, and, and they have to, they have to build their business that way in order to be big enough to appeal to a mass audience. So I, th I think what happened is that I I'm just ranting at this point. I don't know if it is, is this like what you want? No, mention? I know okay. this is uh, like your ringing oh, yeah. is really true to me for sure. Oh, okay. I just want to check in there. So, I mean, the, I think it's like what happens is that there's a lot of genuine principles for living that are drawn from these more like, uh, long-standing ancient spiritual traditions because around the world you it's not just Taoism you've got uh, Buddhism's a close cousin of that and you've you've got spiritual traditions from uh, every single I was going to say country in the world but it's before the countries as they're drawn in modern times are even formed like every ancient culture in the world has a spiritual aspect it's where meditation comes from mm -hmm. it's where a lot of these interesting plant medicines come from and what we know about them so what happens is I think the self-help industry cherry picks the, the fun, happy-go-lucky, empowering parts of these spiritual traditions while leaving out a lot of the stuff that involves a lot more hard work and emotional processing and how maybe karma and destiny involve challenges in life rather than just treating life like a buffet table where it's just like, if you think this way, you can get this. So. Hell yeah. And uh, like you were saying, um, um, with like when you get that idea first in your head that a lot of self-help teaches you about your thoughts will create your reality, which like there's a hundred percent like some truth to that. But like one thing I've learned through my years, and especially like coming up in like a meditative, uh, spiritual kind of uh, background is like the one relationship you want to have with your thought, it's kind of disidentifying with your thoughts so like that you're yeah. not you know so like the whole idea of you saying like oh my thoughts create reality now you're just super identified with your thoughts now you're just yeah. kind of saying like 
Yeah. Oh, well, if, I, um, if my reality isn't good, it's my thoughts are bad. And then you're constantly fighting your thoughts again. And that's a very, like, I just know how unhealthy that can be and how much anxiety that can, um, that can really create. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. So like, I, yeah. I when you were saying that, I, that really ran, rang true for me. Um, that makes, yeah, that makes awesome. I've, I've actually, I don't know if I've heard it put, put that way where the whole idea behind a lot of meditation is to separate from the surface, surface chatter. Mm-hmm. And yet this, this whole idea that your thoughts create reality is, is sort of like giving over the power to the surface chatter. And, yeah. and it creates like, that can create a lot of anxiety. Um, yeah. yeah. So Great how point. about when it comes to like creating goals? Cause it seems like you were in this business mindset. Yeah. And I like, like, just because I just know so many people in this mindset where it's like, um, and Hey, I'm in it too. Like, Hey, I, I, I kind of, I want success. I want, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. like, these are things I do want. I just uh, want to also be happy and like not live my life in anxiety and depression and like, which I happily feel like I'm kind of, I'm in that mode a little bit more than I was like five years ago, but yeah. How, how, what do you think about goal setting that it can relate to either getting what you want because there's definitely truth to that but also creating like anxiety and depressive states well you know if someone does it and it and they found it works it's part of their own personal like path where they've gotten the results and they like it go for it like I, I can just tell my story and what I've observed in myself and others. So if, if someone is actually, well, for the past 20 years, I've been setting goals and I feel great. And this is having, I'm just like, oh, do not let me mess with that. Yeah. <laughs> but and what I have found is that we almost use, what I found is when I would set a goal for myself and I did this with like my business's income and I would do this with like, like health. Cause I used to love lifting weights. Um, I still do somewhat. Um, I would use it as like goals to like build a stronger, better body. Like I want to weigh this much. I want to be this strong. Da, 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 da. What, what, ha- what I did was I s- used an exciting goal that I'd set myself. Like I want to make, you know, $10,000 a month da, 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 and I want to weigh 220 pounds ripped and shredded and i would i would plant that goal as a flag in the future as a way to like get myself jazzed up and excited about what i want to achieve and i I believed when i did it that somehow it would conspire the world and the universe to help propel me there now i was still willing to work and I did. I was still willing to do what it took. But I, I, I somehow thought this will help propel me there. And it's a little outside my comfort zone. And it's something I've never done before, but I, I'm going to set the goal. And it's it's almost like like the industry, the self-help industry will be like, it's it will magnify your focus. It, it'll program your mind to like, you know, to get you there. But what I found was I would start on my march toward the goal along the way, I would not be tracking. Like, it's like, well, I should be lifting this much weight by now. I'm in the gym doing my work. It's not working. Or maybe my, this should be happening in my business, but it's not working. That would start to worry me and it would start to get me frustrated. And then I'd keep going as, as the goal got closer and closer, like, cause I'd set a date for it. You gotta be, you know, Hey, you gotta be specific. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> hey, so 
I get closer and closer. And at a certain point, my mind would just like kind of mentally throw up its hands and just be like, this, this ain't going to happen. It's just not possible. Um, so that's what happens. And it would happen over and over again. And looking back, as I, as I thought about it more and I got distance on it, I realized I'm starting from a place where I hated myself. Like I hated where I was at and I hated my life at that moment. I was using a goal as this, this cure where it's like, please just let me get there. And then I, 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 I promise I will be happy. I promise I'll, I'll feel fulfilled and joyful. And it was almost like this negotiation with myself where it's like, no, no, no. If I have this, I'm going to feel a lot better. And that is, I've never found any kind of measurable success doing so. It wasn't until I did the complete opposite where I threw out the goals and I started with myself in a meditative state where I felt good about where I was at. And as a result, um, I approached life differently where I would focus on like, what can I do this day? What's a process that can fulfill me? Like I can still work out and I could do so from a place of patience, from, from working on my form and which means I won't get injured as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to my business, how can I have, uh, how can I work more diligently on like the book I'm writing and, and even like delay its publishing, like instead of having a goal, it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to publish this thing in six months. How about how long can I take? How, how can I actually be craft this at an even deeper level? Or how can I be on a podcast talking to you and, and push myself harder to say exactly what could be the most beneficial to anyone who listens to it. And, and I'm not even thinking about like what my numbers are going to be a, a year out from now. Um, and yet that kind of the long-term stuff starts to take care of itself because of the daily disciplines that I've built. So I just, I just flipped it on its head where instead of having a far out goal, I'll focus on right now and today. And I know all those todays will add up. It, it's like, um, I think it's the coach, the basketball coach, John Wooden. He said, the scoreboard takes care, care of itself. And when, when I realized that, when it comes to goal setting, it made so much sense. Can you just imagine a basketball player like looking at the scoreboard? Oh, he's about to take shot. Well, let, let me go scoreboard. No, I want, I want 80 points this game. They're just going to play the game. Yeah. They're yeah, just going to yeah. focus on their opponents, defeating the opponents. And as a result, the numbers are going to take care of themselves. That's amazing. I, I honestly, I love that. And, um, yeah, I like that whole idea. It comes from transforming yourself. Like we've all heard the story of people who achieved their goals, but they never got that happiness or whatever fulfillment or whatever the hell they're chasing. Mm-hmm. And they always wonder what the hell happened. And uh, I've heard that can sometimes be like the worst kind of depression because now you're at the end of the road where you're just kind of yeah. like, wait, I got everything that was supposed to fix everything. Um, so you're right. It's about doing the self-transformation first. Um, all right. Let's get back to your story a little bit. So you were at cool. your um, lowest point, and I, I remember you were talking about. Uh, I was listening to you on another podcast, and I was remember you're talking about you got into s- spinning signs and stuff, <laughs> yeah. and then I it kind of seems like this kind of got you into like more of uh, your spiritual side, which kind of got you into like maybe meditation, which got you onto the road to the, writing this book. Eh? Yeah. So 
I uh, I didn't realize at the time, but what frequently happens when someone starts on a spiritual walk, life doesn't necessarily get better, at least looking from the outside. Sometimes when you get started on a spiritual walk, it's like it's like the cosmos opens up and you just get thrown into like a blender. And it's just like, oh, my life's supposed to get better. It's like, no, no, you just, just trust the process. So I didn't realize this at the time, which is probably a good thing. So... I was, I was doing my daily meditative practice. I was feeling good. People think were, were remarking that I was like turning into a, a different person. I, I, I was more open. I, I was more happy. I was more kind of charismatic. And the trouble was I had just racked up so much credit card debt and IRS debt because I, I do my taxes and at the end of the year, they'd like, oh, you owe this much. I'd be like, I spent it on rent and food. I don't know what you want from me. So I, I, I like couldn't even pay my IRS bill in full. So all that started like, it was like a, a tidal wave coming at me. And I was getting more aware now, like the, the spiritual walk I was taking was waking me up to like, you got to take care of your finances. I know you want to be like this successful business owner and you've got all those goals that crashed and burned. How about just balancing your checkbook? So I tried as best I could. And I realized that I need to get a day job. So in addition to the business, I need to get a day job just, just to support myself with rent and food. And unfortunately, I had like a falling out with two business partners. Basically, they kicked me out of the business. Um, and at the time, I was, I was like, it was really scary and frustrating. Looking back, I realized it was because they were going down a different path for me. And like, I was getting separated from a lot of my old acquaintances. And it's not always a pleasant process. Um, so I realized, all right, I'm going to call this dropout. It's like 2010 around this time, around maybe around 2011. So the 2008 financial crisis is not long past. It's not easy to get a job, let alone someone who has like no great resume. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So I, I get on Craigslist and I see the category general labor. It's like, well, I'm a strong guy. I can find something here. <laughs> so I look and I see this ad where it's just like full time. Uh, you could listen to music all day. I'm like, okay, all right. And it turns out it's this job that you've probably seen where you're on a street corner holding a sign wearing a costume. Yeah. I'm like, this is perfect. So I like, <laughs> I could listen to audiobooks. And I mean, at that point, I was just scared. Like everything in my life is, was crashing down. All the stuff that I thought was going to turn me into a successful person turned out to be false. So I, I'm scared. I'm just really scared. The, the idea of getting full-time paid to just stand there all day was like relieving to me. So I, 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 I when I interviewed, I must've done a great job interviewing. They asked me if I could wear a costume. I said, yes. So they're like, all right, it's rigorous. I tell you. So I actually started that job. I'm like, all right, I'll be here for like three months, whatever. I was there at working for that company for almost three years. And okay. it was awesome because it, it was everything I thought it would be. I could stand on a street corner. Cars would honk at me. Most people were nice, but some people would scream obscenities at me. It was great. It was, it's frightening how loud people, people will shout. They'll shout like at the top of their lugs from like five feet away. It's, 
It's like, what's wrong with you two? Yeah. I've well, done it helps you deal with rejection at least. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, I've done nothing to you. I swear. So <laughs> it, it really, it, it really was great because it's one thing to like sit on a cushion in your living room meditating. It's another thing to like, can I feel okay about myself when I'm out here by myself wearing a costume and this is what my life has come to. And I found out that the answer is, yeah. If you have that inner practice and that walk you're taking, you can feel great in that kind of a circumstance, especially because for the first time in my life, I was earning more than I spent because I moved into the cheapest dump I could find. And I was like, I was like 30 bucks a week I'd spend on food. And I was actually able to save money. And that act of actually saving money did more for my wealth mindset than all the books on millionaire mindset because I was actually doing it. I could like look in my bank account and be like, I'm doing this. Um, so that became like this weird Zen journey for me because I was, I was by myself. So I was kind of in this place of solitude and I found like, it was like my second chance at growing up. I could, I could be a good employee. So it gave me pride in my career. I could, I could start to learn to connect with other people and it was, it was like the spirit world was setting me up with a situation where I, I just talked to a couple of people per day, my supervisors who would tell me to go get them lunch. And I was at my financial rock bottom because I, I ended up going through a bankruptcy. I couldn't even uh, pay the minimum debt collector payments. Um, so I went through a bankruptcy and it was my financial rock bottom, but I was the happiest I'd ever been. No, oh, I love that. Absolute happiest. No, that's, uh, that's crazy. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of like that whole idea of like, when you get on the spiritual walk, like it's not always just all of a sudden like, Hey, everything's great. Like you kind of got to go through some of that shit and really learn yeah. like spirituality is about learning about yourself and, yeah. um, learning about yourself can be hard. It can take long processes sometimes, but like when you actually are actually aware and you give that awareness to yourself and actually see what needs to be changed, what needs to be grown, what needs to be given attention to like that is when real transformation and can take place. And then, yeah, those, the fruits of that labor, like you said, the scoreboard, like don't look at the scoreboard, the yeah. scoreboard would take care of it, your, itself. I love that saying. Um, yeah. So when you got into like meditation, then, um, like I, I'm talking about now after the plate spinning, like when your practice started getting more solidified. So now you got your book, it's called the standing meditation. When did this whole idea of like uh, trying this new type of meditation happen? And what's the, I, I don't know, what, what is like uh, the benefits of standing meditation compared to other forms? Sure. Okay. Um, is that's that too like, big of a question? <laughs> no, that's a great question. No, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. It's a great question. So the, the short version of how it came to be was that, oh, my sign spinning was what? Oh, gosh, it ended like seven years ago. This is so this is going back se several years. Mm -hmm. And I was able to like put my life back together. And eventually um, I, I was introduced to a whole new career where I could I could write for a living and and my, it was like I restarted my life and things worked out really well. So 
throughout this entire process where I was, I went from bankrupt to sign spit and doing all this, I was doing this standing meditation practice from Dallas. It was like the one thing that stayed consistent. Mm. And I could see, cause my life got, I was so broke, but my life got really simple. So I could watch, I could, I could see the cause and effect that having a kind of practice like this in a spiritual discipline can, can um, really transform the rest of your life. So I, I, I was really passionate about learning more about this. So I was always like experimenting and like um, seeing what effects meditation had on my life and, and reading more about it. And then about four years ago, I realized a lot of people meditate. A lot of people are into like, or curious about spirituality, but this whole Taoism thing that I was doing is not well known. Um, and this, the, the information that's out there about it's kind of esoteric and it's hard to understand. So I'm like, I could, I, I could combine my love of writing with, with what I went to. So about three years ago, I started writing a book on it. Um, and it took me three years. I had to throw out, uh, my editor convinced me to like, I hired an editor and then he convinced me to throw out my entire first draft and start over. Um, oh, nice. And why yeah. was that? Oh, it just wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. you know what? You know what? It actually was is that he wanted me to tell more of the story I told you, because um, I didn't. I, I just I was just kind of describing how to how to meditate. And he's like, you need to you need to frame this against what you went through. Hell and yeah! Hell so I was yeah. like, I li- I listened. I was, I was glad I listened to the guy. Um, and and for the past three years, I worked on this book. And yeah, I just uh, I published it near the beginning of this year, and that and that's. Kind of why now I'm like I want to I want to talk to anyone who will who will have me because it's like I, I I realized throughout this multi-year process through all the crap I went through I got my answers to questions that a lot of people are now asking um, so to start telling you about like the Taoist meditation practice so you know how there's like you could go to like a place and get acupuncture treatments. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the whole idea behind acupuncture and a lot of the stuff that comes from um, uh, China is that they've mapped out meridians in the body for like channels of energy. And whenever you get an acupuncture treatment, they stick needles in the meridians to kind of like balance out your energy. So and that's first, like opening up the meridians. That's what acupuncture is. Or? Yeah, it's kind of it, yeah, it's kind of like balancing them. Sometimes they need to be opened up, and sometimes they might be a little bit too open, so they need to be like regulated. Oh, okay. um, it's almost like a water core system in your body. And and when I first started hearing this, I was like, "That's I don't know about that. That sounds kind of woo woo. It sounds it sounds like something people would think before we came up with like microscopes or germ theory or something like that." But as I learned, there's actually a lot of science showing it's true and that the meridians in your body run through uh, channels in your fascia, which is like this, it's like a, it's like a bag like tissue that's in your body that supports your organs and it's, uh, your muscles. And scientists used to think yeah. it was, yeah, it was just like tissue, but it's like, no, there's channels of energy running through it. So when you meditate, it's like giving yourself an acupuncture treatment. So you can, you actually start uh, by quieting your mind and breathing deeper, you're influencing the way this energy runs through the channels of your body, which has an, a positive effect on your emotions. Uh, it's almost like giving your emotional system a power wash. 
Um, it has a, a positive effect on your relationship with your thoughts, because when you, when you get rid of your buried emotional gunk, your thoughts start reflecting back to you in a more supportive way. They're, they're not, instead of criticizing, condemning you, your thoughts can become an ally that'll actually support you in, in, in like crafting the life you want and acting like you want to act. And as a result of that, you start behaving differently and people notice the difference in you. So when, when I started learning about all this, I realized, well, that's profound. And I never knew about that. I just thought meditation was this thing about like focusing or feeling more calm, but it's, it's so much deeper. It is a hundred percent. And yeah, I like that. So like you kind of got that whole idea of like, when you meditate, it's like to kind of relax that, uh, yeah, relax your body and allow the energy to kind of flow a lot better. Is that kind of how you were saying it? Yeah. And it's, it's something that I think, I mean, some, some people learn this, but a lot of people don't because in the West, I think meditation has been kind of simplified and watered down, which is great to get it out there. You know what I mean? To make it more popular, but at the same time, it sometimes so much is thrown out of the practice that when people give it an honest try, they, they may not have enough information to get the benefit. So yeah, when I, when, when you meditate, the idea is that the more you can physically relax your muscles, the more the energy is going to be able to flow. The more you breathe deep into your belly, the more you calm down your body's um, uh, stress response, which also enhances the energy flow. And as a result of this, your mind starts to calm down, which also enhances the energy flow. And it becomes this virtuous cycle because the more the energy flows, the calmer your mind gets and the deeper you can go. And then what eventually will happen is that buried emotional gunk that was not processed from earlier in your life will start to come up. And when this happens, a lot of people might freak out and think they're doing something wrong. It's like, I'm just dwelling on this argument I had from a year ago or something, this memory popped up. It's terrible. It's just like, that's great. It's like you're cleaning out your psychic fridge. It's, it's going to smell bad, but, but the whole better than leaving it in there. So if it, the idea is when you keep, keep up the discipline on a daily basis, even if it's unpleasant, even if your mind starts like going off on this crazy memory, what's happening is you're actually finally processing something in a healthy way that you weren't able to do as a, as a child. Uh, and this is how you can, this, and, and as a result of this, that's how you can start eliminating self-sabotaging behavior and negative thought patterns. Like when I first started, I was like, man, my, ne- my thoughts are better. And I wasn't trying to do that. I was going through this. I, I just didn't, I just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And I love that whole idea of like, it's your body's releasing that, um, those negative yeah. emotions are a big thing for anybody. And everyone will go through this, like, and it's also a good way to talk about we're talking about you said you get on your spiritual walk it's not going to be the greatest right off the bat and like you have to get out of that mindset and understand like how they say it's a journey <laughs> like so it is yeah, a journey really, right yeah it really it really is and yeah. uh i i remember when i was uh like just getting into like really deep meditations and like stuff would come up with me and I remember I would have sometimes where I would have a few days where I'm just like angry and 
I'm wondering, I'm like, why the hell? Like I'm meditating so much and I'm getting into these deeper places, but I would have a couple of days where I'm just fucking angry, like the whole yeah. day. And, yeah. uh, and then I realized, oh, okay, this is like, actually, I'm getting cleaned out of this. But once I'm getting cleaned out, you kind of got to like go through it again, almost while it's kind of cleaning out. But once it's cleaned out, like you realize now all of a sudden you're like, um, just your more like normal self is like a lot more pleasant and, uh, yeah. and undisturbed almost, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, my, my teachers would call that like, it's probably a, a spiritual death. And they, and it, that is something to be celebrated. It's when you hit that spot, uh, every, everyone goes through it a different way. Some people it's just like, nothing makes me happy anymore. Or you could have a day where it's like, I'm angry, like all day. What's happening is, is you're going through a, a death of your old self. Well, it's just like you said, because the new, the new you is a lot better. Mm-hmm. And once, and like you said, yeah, you just have to get through that. And once you do, you're, you're kind of on a higher level. The tragic part is a lot of people will choose that time to quit. And it's like, that's right when the moment when actually the biggest breakthrough um, is, is, is getting made. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love this whole idea of like, you were talking about the meridians in your body. Um, this is how like the Chinese medicine kind of looks at our body and like l- allowing energy to flow is kind of its whole it's kind of like a whole part of its philosophy. It's like finding ways to relax your body and allowing your energy to flow. And I, I try to tell this to people when they start doing meditation, when you start be, um, getting deeper and deeper into meditation, you get to points where your mind and body are silent that you can actually observe your body like really well with a lot of awareness and you will start to feel that there's tension all over your bodies. Yes. And it's a lot of it's because of emotional tension over your years that you built up. Um, But you'll get to a point where you can actually observe that attention. And when you can actually give awareness to that tension in your body, that's when you can actually start feeling it start to ease. And then you'll start getting deeper into meditation. And like, this is just this whole uh, positive feedback loop that starts uh, developing. And um, this is how you kind of go through this whole process of like healing and transformation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, and the, and the muscular tension part is so key. And, and the interesting part is when someone's just beginning this, you know, they might be like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm not tense. I'm not tense at all. It's like, I understand. I understand. I used to be there too. It's just that we numb ourselves to our attention, you know, physically. And as we start relaxing, the awareness, like you said, starts increasing and we'll actually be more in touch with where we're tense. And it's, and it's, and it can be the same thing with the rest of our lives too. This has a mirror effect on our outer life because as we become more aware of our muscular tension and we start being able to navigate that, we start being aware of, of parts of our life that was more of a blind spot. Like with me, with, with paying my credit card bills, I was like blind, really blind to just what I was doing to destroy myself. And then once I started relaxing and becoming more awake in um, a meditative state, there was this spillover effect where I became awake to how my unconscious actions uh, were, were having this, this really unhealthy effect. And once, once I was able to see that, then I was finally able to turn that around. Mm. And yeah, that unconscious actions. And like, that's kind of like the next step of it too. Cause like, yeah, I, I was kind of like, I was thinking about it the other day of like, 
just my whole meditation journey and like how like the deeper you get into that awareness how like new things like for me it was first emotions that I was like aware of that I became a lot more aware of then it was like those body tensions then it was like just actually being aware of my body and being able to be like that more often and walking around with presence um but when you get to that unconscious like when you start seeing those like uh unconscious behaviors or beliefs or attitudes that are inside of you that control so much of your fucking life (laughs) that's uh that's when you can like get to some tremendous transformation and um it's yeah i I don't know i think that's kind of like a big part of the goal is that kind of like in the taoist uh taoist uh like philosophy is that where they get into as well yeah because the whole thing about taoism is seeking harmony through balance that's sort of the essence of it and the Taoism comes from the idea of the Tao, which is the way it is like the the natural way of life which and when they say natural they don't necessarily mean like a, a plant or the forest or, so, or it could be but what they mean is like the way that is optimal for one to thrive um the way we're meant to thrive and our own like unconscious behavior that can like trip us up and sabotages us that that wasn't that wasn't natural that's like that was something we got programmed with you know that's something we programmed ourselves with unknowingly Mm. and you reminded me of actually our our earlier earlier when we talked about the self-help industry because what i think the self-help industry does is it tries to give people tools and techniques to change their life only via our conscious behavior, but it's all these unconscious parts of us that have been buried and and sealed off from our awareness. That's, they're the ones steering the ship. That's the one steering the ship. And it's through our spiritual walk that we can finally start accessing and influencing them, um, which is which is what the Taoists are all about because they, they were, they were as, nutty about the energy stuff as, as you and me they loved it i mean they realized like this is where it's at um, so so yeah so i mean so to, to answer your question yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so when you did so standing meditation is is the reason you're standing up and doing this kind of meditation is it more of uh to influence the energy flow kind of thing yeah because um there's a tr- meridians flow throughout your entire body, including, you know, uh, through the top of your head and also the bottoms of your feet. So standing is a way to connect with the earth. And it's also just a way as the Taoists would describe it to connect with the heavens. And it, it can be done seated too. In fact, a great tip when one is meditating, some people like the Lotus position, but another great way is to have like your bare feet, like flat on the floor and to really focus on the feeling of your feet like facing the earth. So, so the idea with the standing practice is um, to stand in a way, and it, it, the basic idea behind it is to lengthen and straighten your spine. So you kind of tuck your hips down and you tuck your, tuck your head down or your chin down. So you're actually, it's almost like giving yourself a gentle chiropractic stretch of your spine. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, okay. and that's, and that's a way to like, you're, you're like a battery recharging yourself. So, so that's, that's another cool thing of what the Taoists do. It's like meditation it, for them. It's not just about relaxing and timing out and, and um, quieting their mind. It's also about getting in touch with that connection uh, with the, with the earth itself. Mm. 
how beautiful is that? Yeah. Eh? <laughs> oh, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> what do you, uh, so how about when you uh, like are telling people who are getting into meditation, like, because I know the beginning of meditation for some people can be the hardest parts. Uh, right. I've actually kind of noticed that it's different for everyone because some people really like it at the beginning and then in the later parts, they have some of the issues. Um, but like for the people sense. who have those issues at the beginning, like what, are, and they have that resistance to meditation, like what do you, uh, what do you, what do you kind of like tell them? Well, there's a, there's a few things. One is that it's the same thing that worked for me was that it's not just about taking time out to relax and quiet your mind. This is powerful spiritual work. I mean, it's been practiced by ancient cultures for thousands of years. So when you sit down or meditate or stand up and meditate for that matter, you're joining a rich tradition. Um, and that I, I reason I say that is because that often gets neglected. And that was the part that got me excited to try it. So I wanted to, I, I always like to say that. And two is that it's really about spiritual discipline. Like when I, I treat my meditations like a workout, not necessarily that I'm going to like, you know, break a sweat, but it's something where it's like, this is a part of my life that supports my entire life for the long haul. So if I go at it um, for my one minute a day when I start and I'm not, you know, levitating at 55 seconds, that's okay. <laughs> Even at 60 seconds, it's okay. So it's, it, the idea is just like, it is a spiritual discipline. It's not about, will I get results tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. It is about, what is my life going to look like in the months and years to come with this as part of my life? Um, that's, and th that once you are locked into that mindset and you practice daily for enough time that it becomes part of your identity, you're, 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 you're going to be a lot harder to stop. It's, it's, it's going to be super cool. Hell yeah. No, got to play the long game, eh? <laughs> it's always the long game, yeah. Yeah, it's really, yeah. All right, uh, Nate, this was a lot of fun. I got one more question. It's the podcast sure. question. So, uh, Nate Rifkin, God yes. yay or nay? Yay. Totally yay. Because um, the, the deeper I got into this, the deeper I realized that there is a creator. Um, there is a creator. And it is a creator that you can have a relationship with if you're willing to listen. Um, and, and the more, the closer a relationship you can have, in, in my experience, the, the more blessed and beautiful your life can get. So you kind of uh, see it like in the Taoist way of like having that harmony with this uh, nature or whatever you want to call it? Well, yeah. And I found that every, I mean, I, I'm not nearly an expert on all spiritual traditions. I mean, most, mostly I'd focus on the Taoism, but from what I understand, all spiritual traditions, once you kind of really dig in deeper and deeper and deeper, they all are like, yeah, there is a source there. There, no, it could be called God or it could be called something else, but they all come back. There is a creative force behind all things. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Nate. Uh, please let our, uh, my audience know where they can get a hold of you, get your book and anything you want to promote. Uh, let them know now, please. Oh, thanks. Well, I got a website, naterifkin.com and I, I, I write articles on there and uh, my books on Amazon, 
it's called the standing meditation and and also there's the standingmeditation.com which actually at this point just goes straight to the amazon page so that's where they can get awesome all right uh, thanks so much man this was great thank you it's been an honor all right that was another episode thanks for listening everybody please like and subscribe to the podcast give it a good rating that always helps and share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NewerKidY on Instagram or check out my website, NewerKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up and all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often, Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.